0: Hello, hello, hello. Once again, this is the Doctor of Digital podcast episode. I am available at 619-389-3636 and also at mick.smith at wsiworld.com. Mick as in Jagger, except he's got more money. Mick.smith at WSI World. We simplify the internet, wsiworld.com. For today, tomorrow, tomorrow, afternoon, evening, whatever it might be, wherever you might be inhabiting and in whatever time this is how do i create a buyer persona for my business so this is an important episode and i think this is also helpful for a lot of folks so hopefully you will benefit from it as well and that is my goal if you have not already kindly subscribe and smash that subscribe button to get these episodes and rate five that keeps the doctor of digital and the episodes coming your way. I do want to thank Castbox because I've also been accepted on Castbox as well too. So this would be the probably the first episode that go go on Castbox in addition to everywhere else, wherever podcasts are free to behold, Spreaker, Apple, Spotify, and all kinds of other great places as well. So how do I create a buyer persona for my business? Well, that's what I'm going to address in this episode so let me start from the beginning so what are buyer personas well let me explain a little bit about what they are and then we can get into some of the facts about them and how they can help your particular business buyer personas are fictionalized generalized representations of your ideal customers and you know who you're dealing with and you know what they are like but what this does is allows us to take a look at it in some detail they help you because they help the customers understand what you are offering and your prospective customers or clients makes them understand them better, makes it easier for you to tailor your content to the specific needs, behaviors, and concerns of different groups. So it can be more than one. So that is in plural, the strongest buyer personas, They're based on market research, as well as insights that you may gather. So you may know your actual customer base, and you may have conducted surveys. You must have had interviews, maybe something along those lines before. So depending on your business... You could have, and that's why I say it's in the plural, you could have as few as one or two personas or as many or 10 or 20. So if you're new to personas, start small. So I generally start out with a client with one or two, and you can always develop more personas later, of course, if at all needed. We also have a point here to make, and that is, what are negative personas? So that's, in other words, you know who you don't want. A buyer persona is a representation of an ideal customer. A negative or exclusionary persona is a representation of who you don't want as a customer. And that helps because that defines your marketing. And you want to go after the specific personas that you are interested in. So let me give you some examples to make sense of this. So you could, for example, have professionals who are too advanced for your product or your service, students who are only engaging with your content for research and knowledge, Or potential customers just too expensive to acquire because they've got a low average sale price, propensity to churn, or unlikeliness to purchase again from your company. So when we define personas, there's a positive aspect to it, and we know who your clients or potential customers or clients are. But we also want to define who is not good for your business because if you've been in business for a while, you know that there are those people who are just wasting time and resources, and they are not worth keeping. That's not helping them, and that's not helping you. And the goal of business is, of course, to help people. So how can you use personas? Another question that I get and I want to address here as well, too. So at the most basic level, when you're thinking about personas, allows you to personalize or target your marketing for different segments of your audience. Now, let me give you an example so this makes sense as well, too. Instead of sending the same lead-nurturing emails to everyone including your database, like the kitchen sink, you can segment by buyer persona and tailor your messaging according to what you know about those different personas. So if you take the time to create negative personas, you'll have the added advantage here of being able to segment out the so-called bad apples. You know, like the old saying says, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, baby. I think it was a song, too, from the rest of your contacts. So that can help you achieve a lower cost per lead and cost per customer and, of course, higher sales productivity. That would be great. Combined with your life cycle stage, how far someone is along in your sales cycle, Buyer personas also allow to map this out and create a highly targeted content that is addressing the personas that you would like. So, to give you an example, then, too, good question that maybe potential clients are thinking about and asking how do you create buyer personas? All right, Doctor, you've talked about this a little bit, but where do we go from here? So, buyer personas are created through a number of ways through research, through surveys, and interviews of your target audience. I would often conduct interviews with people on the inside, and that could be everyone from the secretary to the person out on the warehouse floor to the person who is building a product, CEOs, decision makers within the company, a number of people because they really do get a better sense of who your buyers are and who your personas should be created for. So this includes also a mix of your customers, your prospects, and those outside your contact ba- database might align align up with your target audience, and along those lines, Facebook has been good at this, at the lookalike audiences, so I can talk to you about that, and there's some other episodes on those points as well, so here's some practical methods for gathering information that you need to develop personas. Look through your contacts database. You can uncover trends about how certain leads or customers find and consume your content, when you're creating forms to use on your website, for example, use those form fields that capture important persona information. For example, if all of your personas vary based on company size, ask each lead for information about company size on your forms. You can also gather information on what forms of social media your leads use by asking a question about social media accounts. So these are some practical methods for gathering the information you need to develop a persona. Now, how do you create a buyer persona? Well, take into consideration your sales team's feedback on those leads they're interacting with most. Like, who are these people and what are they like? So what types of sales cycles does your sales team work with? What generalizations can they make about the different types of customers that you serve best? Now, I can work on this a little bit to show you, and I'll walk you through an example first, and then I'll leave you with the template and that's how we actually do it when the doctor of digital is involved. So you can get to it yourself. So example persona. And yes, we give this person a name too because that's the whole idea of personalization. So I'm going to talk here about Susie Shopkeeper. So Susie Shopkeeper, gender, female, age, early to mid 40s, income, $4,000 to $5,000 a month, education, college degree, location, mid-USA. So when we know something about Susie's shopkeeper, we personalize her. We want to know some more about her. And I'm going to talk here about roles, goals, challenges, and Susie's story. So roles, business owner, wife and mother, three adolescent children. Goals, a successful business owner and entrepreneur. She wants to find ways to help her become more efficient so she can spend more time with her family. Now, there, she's got some challenges. Susie has an issue or two. She owns and runs her own business. She started her business. She had a lot of time to dedicate to getting it off the ground. However, now she got those three kids, remember? She wants to strike a better work-life balance so she can enjoy watching her kids grow. As everybody will tell you, kids grow up fast. She's tentative to take a step back or change her standard business routine because she still wants to increase her overs overall sales. So how do we do that? How do we help? Well, Susie's story. After completing college, she entered the workforce like everyone else, started a job in a typical nine-to-five job. Feeling like she hit a plateau early in her corporate job, she decided to take a risk, start her own business, and follow her passion to becoming an entrepreneur. And that's a great thing as well, too. So driven by this type of early onset of success, great for her, Susie dove headfirst, getting her business off the ground. Her business developed, And so did her family. She started having children, one, two, and three. Susie likes to be her own boss and doing something that she loves, but still working the long hours she did, as everybody knows, to get a new business going and growing. Well, that was fine when she was younger. Now she's got a family. She doesn't want to miss out on watching those lovely kids grow up. She likes to maintain control in her life. She's afraid, naturally, as she takes a step back in the business or changes how she's been doing things So, she can spend more time with her family, it can negatively impact the growth of her business. So, that's pretty understandable. She needs to find a way to find balance between work and life without feeling like she's losing control. So, she has decent computer skills, but just enough to get by and knows that there's much more she could be doing to streamline her business overall. She's just not sure where to start. All right, well, there is a typical persona or one that would give you an example. And what I do when I walk a potential client or a client through to think about this a little bit it's your turn so i will sit them down talk to the people that i'm saying decision makers and other people that would be involved and helpful to make a good persona and a worksheet will develop so i've got several questions for people that go through this in order to come up with an own individualized company persona and a worksheet along those lines several questions that you want to think about if you would like to develop your own buyer persona and each persona you want to create. Remember what I said earlier, one or two, start simple. But then for a more complex and involved type of business, you could have more than one, five, seven, ten, so what have you. So questions to ask. What do you call the persona internally? So yes, wake Susie shopkeeper Give that person a name in your persona because it does personalize it, and it does make it real, and makes it more human. What is their demographic information? So, what's their gender? You know, how old are they? You know, those kinds of things would be really helpful. What's their job and level of seniority? Where do they fit in the organization? Who are you targeting in that way? And what does a day in their life look like? So those would be several questions to consider. What do you call the persona internally? What is their demographic information? What is their job and level of seniority? What does a day in their life look like? Some other things to consider along these lines. What are their pain points? What do you help them solve? You know, it's not so much when you're dishing out a product that someone is going to purchase, but what they know you've really look for what they want to alleviate a pain point that they have what are you helping them solve lots of great ideas out there but what are you actually helping them solve what do they value most what are your goals so in the example of the susie shopkeeper she wants that life work balance so how would we help her solve that pain point that's the idea where do they go for information where are they looking what experience are they looking for when seeking out products or your products or services And what are their most common objections to your product or service? So when you're thinking about this, the persona, what are their pain points? What do you do to help them solve it? What do they value most? What are their goals? Where do they go for information? What experience are they looking for when seeking out your products or services? And what are your most common objections to your product or service? All these are important considerations to think about in developing a persona. You know, for a long time, what WSI has done is a digital marketing company, and we use the knowledge that we have. is really global in scope because we're in over 80 countries, and the network that I tap into are all these really qualified people from all over the world. That's what we can offer, and that's what we would do in buying a per- developing a buying persona for you. Powerful network of marketers who discover, analyze, build, and implement digital solutions wins Digital Marketing Awards, again, we won it this year again. We're going to come up 21. Let's see how we do. I'm willing to bet we're going to do really well. If these things or any of the other topics related to digital marketing are of some assistance, feel free to give me a call. 619-389-3636. The Doctor of Digital also can be found at mick.smith at wsiworld.com. And a new feature, because also thank you for CastBox for also accepting the podcast, got an offer for you. If you can identify a good slogan and a sign-off slogan, i will analyze any site free, any website that you've got. So here's an expression, think about, see if you can identify it. If you can, a free website analysis. Here it comes, a sign-off. Good night and good luck. Now, this is possibly the most famous sign-off in TV history. This phrase was coined in the 1950s by a CBS news personality. He had gotten his start on CBS radio during World War II, broadcasting from the rooftops of London buildings during the German Blitz. And with this in mind, he was reaching out to the audience in an attempt to provide comfort. He kept the line after the war. So who said, as the takeaway phrase and leaving it out, sign-off, good night and good luck. And, yes, the Buick has started. That 1957 has turned over, and we're about out of time. Also, if this is of interest to you and you want to be able to get in on the free website analysis and you have not subscribed, make sure you do so. Smash that subscribe button. Get on the mailing list. Rate us a 5. The Doctor of Digital will keep these episodes coming. Identify the free site web analysis. Who said good night and good luck? And that's about all the time we have. 619 386 36389 3636, mick.smith at wsiworld.com. Take care. See you next time. Bye for now. Until then, God bless.